All right. Well, good morning. Come on, let's put our hands together for our first-time guests today. I want to welcome them. Hope you feel the love. If it is your first time, welcome. So glad that you're here. And of course, those online maybe catching service for the first time, we're glad that you're here. If you are in person uh, and it's your first time, just a quick reminder, on your way out today, you can stop by our Next Steps table for a nice first-time guest gift that I think will be good for you. Well, turn to Matthew chapter 28, if you will. Matthew chapter 28 has been the theme verse of our series, Life on Mission. And um, it's one of those phrases from Jesus that is a vision statement and a mission statement, kind of in the, in one and the same for followers of God, for followers of Jesus, for people that are surrender, they're all in. There's some of the final words of Jesus, some of his last words. You know, you can kind of think of some of those movies that you've ever watched where there's like this infamous death scene and they're whispering some last words, you know. Maybe you've not seen any of those movies. Well, then this makes no sense, but there are those movies, and there are those moments, and, you know, it's the last words that a lot of times are important. They're good for us to listen to. They're good for us to think about. And Matthew chapter 28, in the gospel of Matthew, these are uh, some of his last words, and it's called what I shared earlier, the Great Commission. In verse 18, it says, then Jesus came to them being the disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." Amazing statement, a pivotal statement by Jesus. Go, or therefore go and make disciples. They lived under an empire, a, a, one of the biggest and strongest and most violent empires in human history called the Roman Empire. And Jesus tells his disciples, hey, don't go make more Romans. Don't go make more people with their allegiance to empire, but make disciples, teaching them everything I've shown you, to not only hear the words, but to be doers of the word. And here's what's funny. Over the centuries, the Great Commission, if we're not intentional and careful about it, the Great Commission becomes what professional Christians do or elders do or leaders do, or small group leaders. And if we're not careful, we just kind of tap out. Like, you know, that's what the paid people do. That's what, you know, somebody else, some other church, they're going to take care of it. As for me and my house, we're going to chill, <laughs> right? Now, let's be honest. None of us say that, right? Well, yeah, we're all holy here, Hillside, right? None of us, we're talking about your neighbors, right? None of us would ever say that, but I can personally attest to it. It takes great intentionality. To live a life, not only a life on mission for Jesus, but to let that transform us, or transform you, or transform me, and then transform the lives of those around us. So 
what we've been doing in this series, if you've been with us, you know this, we've kind of been trying to break down some of the invisible walls in our mind, some of the perspectives that we have. And um, we've just been sharing, listen, you are, you are a disciple, you're a follower of Jesus. You may be like, I'm not doing a very good job. That's okay. Just keep with it. <laughs> the kingdom of God will slowly and surely work in and through your life. And so what we're called to do is live on mission, live on purpose, live intentionally for Jesus. So I cast vision for that. And then Josh shared a great message on life on mission in the workplace. And <clears throat> listen, if we're all honest, the workplace is one place we would rather not live on mission for Jesus. No? Okay, y'all, like I said, you're holy. Okay, you have coworkers. You have coworkers who would rather not live on mission for Jesus in the workplace because sometimes it requires patience. Sometimes it requires kindness. Sometimes it requires love of coworker. You know, like when Jesus says, pray for your enemies, that includes for you, your boss, your coworker, your other coworker. The other coworker, the owner, the CEO, you've got it all, you know? And Jesus calls us into a place to not see work as just the J-O-B. Josh did a tremendous job sharing that message. And not only that, texted me yesterday if you're a Bible app fan, all right? We encourage everybody to get the Bible app on your phone. There is a plan called Everybody is a Full-Time Missionary. I've not done it, but Josh can attest to it is amazing. And he was saying it really ties in well with this series. Because we do. We, we have a propensity. Life gets busy. Life can get distracted. We can get unfocused. We can get consumed with just keeping our head above the waters. And not recognizing, ooh, there's a different way to live. We can live in rest. We can live in peace. And we can be formed by the word and the ways of Christ. And so we can begin to overflow into the other arenas. And here's what's wild. You will actually look back on life and see a legacy of discipleship. You'll find a legacy of ministry. Because you didn't compartmentalize ministry to what happens on a Sunday. But you let it seep, if you will, and overflow into every arena of life. And so that is where we have been, and where we are going today is an area that I think many of us do think of ministry, and that is life on mission in the church, in the church. And so we'll spend a few moments together looking at what does it mean to live a life on mission in the church? Two weeks ago, life on mission in the workplace. Last week, life on mission in the family. Come on, how many of you know your family's a mission field? You should not have raised your hand, y'all. That, that sends the wrong mission to your spouse or your... No. <laughs> I, I heard a couple loud amens there, right? Life on mission. Can I tell you, though, as I shared last week, I'm not going to preach last week's mission, but family is the area we take most for granted. And you know the one-liner I shared last week was, living casual leads to casualties. I stepped on your toes last week, I promise, not today. 
Not today, all right? So today, life on mission in the church. I want to give you a picture image. Uh, it's a little diagram, and I want to just get this in your mind. This is true for every one of us on any given Sunday, at any given church, during any given season of life. One, two, or three things are at play. And as a good pastor, I've started them all with the letter C. All right. But here are some of the things at play. We are consuming. We are connecting. We are contributing. Three areas. And let me say at the outset, all of them are positive. So let's get that off the table. People see consume and think, I'm not a consumer. No, we're all consuming, we're all connecting, and we're all contributing to some level. It is life in church. Before we launched Hillside, almost to the day, next week will be to the day, six years ago, before we launched Hillside, we were in a season getting to know the area, getting plugged into the area, and building a team. So we would go to different churches and just kind of take in service. I was doing nothing but consuming. I was consuming, grabbing a nice cup of coffee. Depending on the church, I could actually take that coffee and place it in my seat. Pretty amazing. So I was in a season of consuming. I would just, it was really all about me getting refreshed. It was a season that was necessary for my life. Consuming is necessary. And we never outgrow consuming in a church, somebody. All right? Another area is connecting. Connecting is exactly what it sounds. It's we, we, we may, I know this sounds crazy, we may connect and learn somebody else's name in the church. It's crazy. There's a chance. Sometimes that happens. Connecting is we get involved just a little bit in the life of the church. We're getting to meet new people. We're connecting with others where maybe we see a friend that goes to the place we go to. We begin just to get an understanding of the church, how things go. May even attend some of the groups they have or an outreach. Any given time this is happening. This happens all really on day one. Then another area and a vital piece to the puzzle is this term, contribute. It's a term contribute. It's not exclusive by any means to the church. It's important. It's kind of an, another layer. And really, it's where we'll spend a little bit of time this morning. It is where we take a step of living on mission within the local church that we call home. Every one of us needs a season. When we are finding a new church home, we need a season to consume, right? We ask ourselves all the unspoken questions. Does that pastor really know what he's talking about? You know? Has he spent time with God? We, we hope so. You know, okay, is he using the Bible? <laughs> is he, you know, or is she, depending on the church, right? It's, it's you're coming and connecting and just consuming. Consume, I say is this. We consume only. We're taking in the Sunday service. We're coming, enjoying what the church has to offer us. This is an important season in our life. To some degree, this is always part of our life at the church, is that we enjoy the spiritual food and nourishment it provides. People would do this with Jesus all the time. Like, how many of you know his closest disciples? How many were there? Twelve, right? Then the broader context, there was 
70. Then we know in the upper room there was 120. All right. Then 500. Then, you know, after Peter's decent message, 3,000 people came to Christ. You know, that's pretty good. Pretty good altar call. Well, it kept expanding and growing. But Jesus' ministry, there were times where he was talking and there were thousands. They're just coming to taste. They're just coming to see. And that, let me, let me validate, let me affirm that season in your life. Let me just affirm that season in your life. Don't rush the process. Don't rush the season you're in. Sometimes we arrive at a church and we're broken. Sometimes we arrive at a church and, and man, we've, we're bringing in church hurt. Um, or life hurt, life difficulty, and it, it's, it's, man, we're just, just, you know, this is kind of riding a bike. We're just getting ba- balance again. You don't need to rush beyond that season. So let me affirm that it's an important season in our life. And, you know, I would love to say there's a formula like, hey, here's a healthy time frame. But anybody who throws out a healthy time frame, that's just a lie. There's not a healthy time frame, but there is a healthy heart. And sometimes it could take a day. Like there are times, man, one of my messages is going to heal you completely. Okay, that's a lie. I'm kidding. But sometimes in a moment, a prayer, sometimes a service, sometimes just the Lord's work, it can be quite rapid. It can be quite quick. Other times, you need to consume for a season. You need to just... Take things in because a local church, hear this, a local church helps. It it doesn't do the forming. That's Holy Spirit, right? Every church has a senior pastor or should, and it's, it's Jesus Christ. However, he is the one spiritually, but a church should be partnering with that life, and it begins to spiritually form you. So there's no real time frame for consuming and so I really like, I, I like to encourage our leaders and, and myself sometimes, just be real patient, real patient. Sometimes in a life season, you just need some patience. You need just, just yes, I'm just going to get healed. I'm going to get strengthened before stepping into the next, um, the next part. So consuming, man, we, have, we uh, let me affirm that. The connecting process, this is that season where you begin Connecting with people, uh, begin to learn people's names, attend other experiences, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. I met my wife through connecting. Yeah, how's connecting work for you? <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. Connect. Connecting's good. No, literally, at a newcomer's lunch, almost, well, over 15 years ago, but almost 16 years ago, I was first day on the job. You're welcome. First day on the job. <laughs> Kelly, who had been postponing coming to a newcomer's lunch, came to the newcomer's lunch. My first day on the job. It was destiny. It was all destiny. Literally, the name of the church was Destiny. Um, all right. More to come. All right. So... Connect, connecting, connecting, though, sincerely, it's, a, it's, an important, it's an important part. You begin. Here's what happens. We move from acquaintances to friends. Yeah. 
and then family. We move from uh, just people we see on a Sunday. Connecting brings us closer to carrying one another's burdens, to praying for one another. Connecting, it, during that season, during that time frame, we actually begin to share our story a little bit. We find some commonalities. And it's all a very rich, important part of life in the church. I would propose to you, though, many people, especially in American, what we would say American Christianity, never go beyond consuming, connecting. Never go beyond. Are they bad people? No. Are they self-centered, selfish people? No. But for some reason, they push pause when it comes to contributing. Push pause. And I would propose to you, whether at Hillside or otherwise, you slowly, patiently, emotionally healthily, spiritually healthily, move from simply consuming and connecting to this third piece, contributing. Let me tell you why. Let me just lay it out there for you. The body of Christ needs what you have to offer. The body of Christ needs what you have to offer. And I don't just mean the body of Christ locally like, hey, we need more team members. No, we do need more team members. But no, that's not. That's not, that's not. The, the, there's something that happens to us in sharing our story, in, in valuing our voice, in valuing our prayer and our walk with God that as we begin to contribute, it's the most upside down thing in the world. You contribute at work, you leave exhausted. You, you go above and beyond other places. It's like, whew, right? But somehow, mysteriously, when you contribute at church, it's the wildest thing. It begins to fill your cup if it's done healthily and in the right parameters. And so Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, I want to open your eyes to this passage very, very briefly <clears throat> and then we'll pray and go to lunch. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. Ephesians, for those of you new to the Bible, a lot of the New Testament is actually written as letters. Paul, at the time, had no idea they would be books of the Bible. He was writing letters. He was a church planter. He writes a lot of the New Testament, and Ephesians is one of the books he writes. It's actually crazy. He wrote the book in prison. It's called a prison epistle, and it went to a city called Ephesus. And so he writes this letter, and really, Paul, Paul's a pastor. I mean, he's an evangelist, but he's really a pastor to people. And so he's giving a little context, giving a little vision, giving a little understanding to this early church that God's doing amazing things in. And so here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. It was he, being Christ Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Now here's what we insert. 
to do the co-mission. That's not in your Bible. God gives these, what we call the five-fold ministry, and here's why. I know for some of you, this is going to be a perspective shift. If you don't like it, it's not me. This is the Bible, y'all. Y'all, all right. <laughs> you know it's nerve-wracking when a pastor says that. But he says why? To prepare God's people. Prepare is a very important word in that sentence. But to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and then here's what radically happens to you. Here's what radically happens to me as we serve. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's so important. Listen, Teenagers, if you're in the room, young adults, if you're in the room, the next generation that's in the room, this isn't for your parents. This isn't for your grandparents. It's for you as well to know that you have something to offer. Because many times the next generation just comes and sits and nobody's challenging them to go beyond consuming. And so they graduate high school, and they leave high school going to college thinking the church is all about them. And so it's no wonder they just drop out of the faith because they want to consume and do things what's comfortable. And if all we do is consume, can I tell you, over time, if all you do is consume, when a Sunday becomes inconvenient, it's the first thing to get out of the schedule. And everything else in our schedule piles on in. That's not me being heavy. I'm not. It's just kind of the practicalities of life. Unfortunately, we live in a busy culture. We just signed up our daughter for volleyball. Can I vent? All right, can I just vent? No, it's good. It's good. It's good. But sports schedules, y'all, I've been watching some of you for a while, being like, just praying the Spirit for a while for you every day. Just, Lord, help them make it another day, another season. Especially y'all softball freaks. But anyhow, right? The schedules are crazy. So I signed up for volleyball. Like, literally, Kelly and I, like, had to take a day to pray when we heard about the practice schedule. That's not exaggerating. I was like, wait, four times a week and a game. Y'all, what are you smoking? No, I'm just kidding. But I, but I, was, I was just like, my goodness. But listen, it's real, isn't it? Our time, I don't know about you, it just gets filled. It just gets filled and it just gets wildly. So here's the thing. Here's the pastoral heart and the pastoral nudges. Consuming, it's important. It's a season as long as it takes, as long as the trajectory is forward. Moving, getting healthy, getting whole, keeping a priority, connecting, getting healthy, getting whole. And then in the right season, as busy as you are, beginning with a seed of contribution of our time, of our talent, of our treasure, just a seed, what that begins to do inside of you is this is what's remarkable. Paul says to the church in Ephesians, it creates unity, it gives us strength, but here's a word we don't talk about a lot, maturity in the life of a believer. It, there is some, for some reason, it is only found through contributing. You know, it's like me. 
After graduating university, I thought I was the smartest pastor on the planet. I hadn't pastored a lick. Nobody. But I knew everything about ministry. I knew, man, man, I knew how to pray. I knew how to read the Bible. I knew, man, I could do everything. <clears throat> Until I got in ministry. <laughs> and then to add insult, I have an amazing pastor. But to add insult to injury, he, he didn't tend to my ego like I wanted him to. And um, One time he was talking with somebody and he was like, yeah, you know, you know, the Lord's doing such a great work. But we have a lot of staff that are just really green, you know. And I was like. I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> You're like, why don't you talk to me? Like, they're just real young and green. They think they have all the answers, but they've never done. You know, it's like, okay. But can, but can I? <laughs> where was I going with that? Let me let me contribute. There I was. There I was. But at maturity, maturity. That's why when people are young in the faith and wanting to like. Learn, 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 learn. I'm like, learn as much as you can. Soak in like a sponge. (laughs) But you never mature your family. You never, or let me say this, you never outgrow serving your family. You never outlearn serving your workplace. Like, come on, man. Sometimes we show up, you, you, you may, I used to do this in the younger years before ministry, man, I'm, it's like I got my Bible pistols, right? I'm showing up to work with all the answers. And uh, I, I, I just like, man, if I could just share the gospel with them one more time, man. If I could just let them know what their sin is doing to their life. If I could just beat them up one more time. And, and God was like, man, why don't you shut up? Why don't you put the guns down and just maybe ask them how their week went? Man, God, you are so smart. I had not even thought of that. <laughs> He's like, man, if you read the words of my son Jesus, they may save your soul. Okay, all right, you know. <laughs> Prayer of St. Francis would have helped me a little bit more back then. But anyhow, that's a side to point. Okay, so apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, these kind of big terms, big vision, Paul's appropriating the fivefold ministry in the local context. Here's where we miss it so often. As much as I want to preach it, as much as I want to say it, I've got the microphone, I've got the platform, the visual aid does not help you. You are a full-time missionary. You are a full-time missionary. And trust me, when you start out, you're not very good at it. You say things you wish you didn't say. You do things you wish you didn't say. But it's all a beautiful work of God in our life. Grace and the mercy is so deep and wide and high in the kingdom of God. So we move and we fumble our way forward. But slowly but surely as we contribute, God begins to mature us. And it end quite rapidly as I look at the time remaining. Three thoughts on going from consuming, connecting, and making. I know for some of you, I understand it. The leap of faith to contributing. 
First, just real easy, real easy stuff. Commit to a local life-giving community. Right? I'm pretty sure one of the most uncomfortable words in our culture these days is commit. Like, so what do you mean commit? Like, what what does that mean? (laughs) We're the generation before. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're in. Commit. (laughs) Well, don't you want to come visit for? No, we're in. Okay. Best coffee I ever had. Great. Commit to a local life-giving community. Do you know when you have hundreds of options, it's very hard to commit? (laughs) When you just heard Peter's message in Acts chapter 2, like you're looking around like, there is no other church. This is the only church in town. I'm in. Like, you kind of had to commit. There was no getting out of it. Now we live in a culture where it's like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe later. Commitment swings against the tide of culture. Right? Think, it, think about, well, as a church, of course, we believe in the covenant of marriage. You know? But you probably know people in your life. Yeah, you know, we're just gonna just we're just gonna kick the tires a little bit. We're just gonna, you know, we're gonna we're just gonna bunk up. Not sleeping together, dude. We're just bunking up. Okay. Anyhow, so so, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna get to know each other. Okay. Well, good luck with that, right? You know, what, 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 that is the that is the air of the culture we live in, right? It's like, man, we just, we're just going to follow our feelings. We're just going to do things our way. And commitment, commitment calls us up higher in our relationship with God. And it calls us, here's what's wild, it calls us forward in our relationship with Christ. It's covenant. It's covenant. And to, to commit to a local giving or, yeah, local life-giving community, it's important. Again, the season may take a year may take two years, may take a few years. Look, we patient. And, every, and any church should be patient. But eventually, the step to contributing requires a mind shift. Like, hey, I'm committed. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, excuse me, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Local life-giving community. You get, you just can't help but rub shoulders with church life. Can I tell you, it's, it's so important. Sometimes it has nothing to do with what just happened inside these four walls. It has to do with sitting upstairs and sharing a donut with somebody or eating a donut yourself and telling them get their own and having a cup of coffee <laughs> and just hearing their story. Hearing their story, how God moved in their life that week. Sometimes that is more important than anything that's happening in here. That's what it means to be part. I have no other way to say it. Listen, College Paul is nodding at us right now. Because College Paul 
man, I don't commit to nothing. Like, except getting my degree and work. I, I handled those. But church? It's like wherever the next crush was, man. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll find out where she goes to church. Cool. I said, show up, you know. Like, I'm like at a vineyard church one Sunday. Man, I really love this. This is good worship. Then next Sunday, I just went Episcopalian. Like, yeah, I could be Catholic, whatever. Whatever, whatever the crush is, is needed. You know, and it's, I'm, I'm saying, obviously, that jokingly. But I was led by, actually, the vineyard church. They would give us Panera Bread bagels with cream cheese. How many of you know? How many of you know? <laughs> How many of you know I don't remember one sermon? I don't, I, I'm biased. I think the worship was good, but I have no idea. But what do I remember? The bagels. Which has nothing to do with everything. But, uh, no. But that, that, was, that was the commitment level. And can I be honest? There there's a, there, there's sometimes can be a level of that. But how many of you know that when we commit, there, there are positives? And listen, listen, no church is perfect. But it's important to be at a church that is pursuing health. That is a pastor that is submitted. You never want a pastor that's just rogue. I have overseers, and one of them is my pastor. I think every pastor needs a pastor. That goes along with another word, which culture loves these days, called submit. But that's another message, another time. But I'm a man submitted. I'm not just winging it out here rogue. No, you've got to have covering. And something happens when you commit. It just does. Uh, second part is, this is another. Listen, I know none of these are easy today. But another important piece, and I mean this. Listen. This one's vital. See yourself as part of the body. Once you know, hey, local church, I'm in. Begin to see yourself as part of that body. Begin to see yourself as part of the body. Paul writes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you. What? Well, what about this past week? You're a part of the body. Man, if you knew my past, you're part of the body. And if you knew what I said about you, well, let's talk. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're part of the body. Like, I was, I was having coffee with somebody the other day, and I said, listen. Yeah, real, just real. It actually was really encouraging a good time, but I was just kind of coaching them through some difficult uh, relational stuff. And I said, listen, I said, when you, we, when you came to the church, when you were part of things, um, I, I, I did not think you, you had fully arrived. I didn't think you were the, the full package. Like you're some superstar mature, you have everything together. Um, no. I knew who you were, and I know you're a work in progress. But let me tell you this, I'm a work in progress. And so because of your past, because of your misgivings, because of the shame, I know how loud the enemy's voice is, so I like to say it louder, if you will, over your spirit. You're chosen. You're set apart. God has a purpose. You have something to offer. You, you, may, you may never, never be up here. Well, we've already thrown that illusion away. You don't need up here to be a part of the body of Christ. Paul, in the same chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, 
He says God has exalted some of the weaker parts and hidden some of the deeper parts. Every part. And Paul gets kind of funny. He says, well, what if the ear decides it, it's not a toe, but it wants to be a toe? Does it just throw itself out of the body? No. It remains. You have something valuable to offer. I like to say at, um, in our church at the, at the last part of our growth track with our membership meal, I like to say, man, I know as a church we have something you need, but I want to affirm you have something our church needs. Because people all around you will tell you when life's tough, the last thing they need is the Sunday morning podcast. What they need is a call, is a text, is a moment to pour out their heart to receive prayer. That's what can happen when we're part of the body. And then commit to local giving, see yourself as part of the body. And then living in commission, I believe, find your place of contribution. Time may not be the season where you can contribute. You may just continue on a Sunday and say, right now, I'm praying, I'm thinking about it. Life is so busy, so stressful. I get it. I understand. But let's keep, even if it's not even an inch, half an inch, let's keep that door open. Let's keep moving forward. But there's all sorts of ways we all contribute to the movement of God. Being a witness in our workplace, being a witness in our family, being a witness in our community, sharing the love of God. Can I tell you, you're contributing not just to the church locally, the global church. And you've heard me say it, God's doing way more out there. Monday through Saturday than always in here on a Sunday. But contributing, thinking of your time. I love to think about, okay, time. There's going to be a sacrifice of time. Talent. I love to think there's going to be a sacrifice of my gifts, my abilities. What can I bring to the table? How can I add to the body? And then the other, you guessed it, another T, treasure, right? We shared about that earlier. As you're generous, as you are giving of your um, time, your talent, your treasure, whether that be a tithe or offering, whether you're a regular giver or irregular giver, right? It all contributes to the movement of God in the world around us. And Paul's promise remains. Paul's promise remains. I'll tell you, the apostle Paul's promise remains is that many times the shift that God's calling us to is not just consuming, but it's to make that subtle pivot to begin to contribute. And it's, it's like our life grows, that our life begins to soar, that we begin to get built up because why? We're growing and maturing in the ways of Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. I thank you for every heart, every person. I thank you, God, that if we could for a moment look at ourselves through your eyes, we would see how loved we are. Father, my prayer this week is that we would live loved. With everything and every bit of who we are, we would bring it knowing that, God, you hold us by your love. And I thank you for your peace and your hope and your joy that you give us. God, as we consider living a life on mission, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you help us every day? 
Grow us into Christ-likeness, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hey, last prayer. Eyes closed. Head bowed. Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. And from the cross, he declared, forgive them, forgive them. Sometimes the restlessness of life, the busyness of life, the fears, the anxieties, they're because of a life lived apart from God. Jesus made a way that we can be born again and live life with God. Last prayer on a Sunday that I like to say is giving you an invitation, an opportunity to come to faith and relationship with God. If you need to do that, would you say this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I need your grace. I need your mercy and your forgiveness. I give you my past and all of my sin. I surrender it to you. And I thank you for coming and living on the inside and giving me new life, eternal life, here and now. Have your way within me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for your time this morning.